Welcome to A Month with Matthew in Croatia. I'm writer Matthew Felix, and I needed to get away for a while to figure out what was next for me. And this is what happened when I did. These are travel anecdotes, stories, and ruminations from my month in a small island village in Croatia. From the characters I met to the experiences I had, some funny, some frustrating, to the thoughts, memories, and emotions that came up for me during my solo retreat in the seaside village in Croatia. Had an interesting ferry ride from Split, which is the city that I flew into, to uh, to the island here. I got in the front of the ferry just so I could watch, you know, as we as we made our crossing. And this family ended up, this Australian family ended up sitting right next to me. Two kids, a boy and a girl. I don't know how old. 10, 11, 9, 10, I don't know. Young, but not toddlers and definitely not teenagers yet, somewhere in between. And, uh, you know, a husband and a wife. Well, the little boy was just chatty and was just curious about me sitting there, I guess, and just kind of kept saying things. And so we had a little interaction, and I don't even remember what we talked about, but it was pretty funny just to interact with him because he was he was a real character. And the girl was a little more shy. We also had some interactions. But then that led to me talking with the mom because the, uh, the dad and uh, I guess it was just the dad. No, the dad and the girl went upstairs to be outside while we were making the crossing. And it turns out they're living in the Ukraine, of all places. And I say of all places just because I don't know anyone who's lived in the Ukraine. And I don't know if I know anyone. I have one friend who's traveled there. But it was really interesting because she obviously was not that happy about being in the Ukraine. And I said, well, they've been there two or three years. I can't remember how long. And she said, people told us before we went that we would never make any friends. And we haven't. They're still really just treated as outsiders, which isn't to say they're treated poorly, but it's just one of those places, apparently, based on what she was sort of sharing, that it's hard to to become part of the local community, right? And I don't think they speak the language, which obviously can't help, although the kids do, because, because they're going to school there. So that was interesting. The husband had been to Chernobyl, which was also really interesting to me, because You know, Chernobyl now, I don't know if you've seen this, but Chernobyl apparently is becoming a tourist destination, which is probably in part because of the Netflix series, which I watched before I came to Croatia and thought was really good and really interesting because I, of course, remember when Chernobyl was happening. So it was interesting to see, get an inside look. Now, of course, it was fictionalized, but supposedly or presumably based on the true story. Although I know that Russia, apparently Russia is developing or is filming their own series from from a different perspective that uh, that I suspect will be more favorable to how they actually dealt with the situation. But uh, at any rate, so Chernobyl, the Netflix series, that's probably part of it. And yeah, I think it would be interesting to go, of course. Now, of course, I would also have some concerns about the radioactivity. Presumably, if they're taking tourists there now, not that I really trust the authorities, and I certainly, you know, I don't trust anyone who has a financial, vested financial interest in making something like this happen. But presumably there's been some sort of, and you can probably validate this with ex- in external places, that it's okay to go now as a tourist. I presume that people still don't live there. Another quick tangent here, though, is I also read an article, I've forgotten about this. There was an article recently, and I don't know where it was, if it was in the UK Guardian, which I, which I read usually every day, or Le Monde, or El Pais. But anyway, somewhere in one of those newspapers, I saw that there was an article about how much the wildlife in the restricted area 
around Chernobyl, which of course is just massive. I don't, I don't remember the statistic, of course, off the top of my head, but it's a really, really big area that was contaminated. Well, the wildlife apparently has thrived there because, not surprisingly, because humans are not there to continue to develop and mess things up. And there was even something in the article about how certain animals, at least that they had studied, I think were doing okay in spite of the radioactivity, which was really, really interesting. I'm guessing that's not the case across the board. On the other hand, nature is incredibly resilient. So, so yeah, I don't know. I wish I, I wish I recalled exactly where I saw that article and could go revisit that. At any rate, that's Chernobyl. Things also got really interesting when I actually, when the ferry pulled up to or pulled into the port here on the island, I was told that, that the Wi-Fi would work on the ferry and that was going to be my one way of actually being able to communicate if there was some sort of delay or some sort of problem. The Wi-Fi on the ferry was going to be the only way that I was going to be able to communicate because my phone doesn't work here. Now, I wasn't worried about it, but I was still, that was my, that was the one variable over which I had no control because it turned out that the Wi-Fi in the ferry did not work. So if the person that I'm renting from, you know, if the landlord here, if there had been some problem with the guy who was going to pick me up or something like that, I wouldn't have been able to get that, that message. And I had told her that I would confirm that I was on the ferry. So when I couldn't do that, I was a little, again, just sort of mildly concerned. We, I had confirmed the day before the time and everything. So I was just hoping that she would assume that no news was good news and that everything was going as planned. The ferry pulls up, pulls up to the island. I feel, you know, sort of a rush of excitement. It's, it's, I've made it to my destination after 24 hours or however, however long it took. And for the first time ever, I've never been one of those people. I've never been important enough, I guess. And I guess I also, I'm too cheap. I've never been one of those people who has someone waiting for them with a sign. You know, when they get to the airport or in this case to the to the port, well, that all changed. So that is now a life experience that I can say that I've had because the guy who was supposed to pick me up was right there waiting for me with a sign. And I felt like a very important person. And actually, I didn't. All I all I felt was relief that he was there and, and all was going as planned. So cool. He speaks almost no English. We, were, uh, we had to wait for the ferry to unload because he was the first in line and we had to do a U-turn to get out of the port. Speaks almost no English, but really friendly, really sweet guy, does his best. He's able to communicate that um, that tourism's down here because Turkey has rebounded from its, you know, some of the incidents that happened that, that impacted adversely its tourist industry the past few years. And so a lot of the, the tourists who would have come here have actually gone to Turkey this year. And he even commented that one of his friends from here, rather than stay here, had gone to Turkey, which he thought was pretty ironic. And I also noticed that this island is a lot greener than Havar, which is where I was last time. So he said, yeah, you know, the whole island was really green. It's just got a different sort of ecology. The other thing that was really distinctive about this guy was that he doesn't have, I don't know how to say this, say it the right way without being offensive, but his right arm is not completely formed, I guess is how I'll say that. And yet he was able to drive a stick shift which was pretty cool and very impressive. It was just a great reminder that people who do have different sorts of challenges, um, they just figure it out. And, uh, you know, the, I didn't see any signs that his, his situation with his arm was slowing him down at all. And I felt completely, completely safe being driven by him. So that was kind of cool to see. So he, uh, sort of inspiring. So he, you know, brought me to the house, showed me around, 
and uh, and that was my arrival. Took my first walk through town this morning. It is absolutely beautiful. It uh, it is as beautiful, if not more so, than what I was hoping and had sort of suspected, given the pictures and things that I'd seen before coming. So the town is situated around this little marina. It sort of makes a sharp U-turn. There are houses and there are hills that go up on either side of the marina, covered with hill, covered with houses. And as you walk down one side of the marina, you kind of go up this little hill that starts to take you out of town, and then you round a bend, and you're in sort of an extension of the village, like an outlying area that's got some houses with that are a little newer, with you know bigger yards and things like that. Still, still fairly close together, but you can just tell that it's a little more modern in that section. So I walked down that road, which is just like this one 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 lane road bordered by stone stone walls on each side, until I came to a forest. So the the area of houses stops abruptly, and then it's forest, and then it becomes a dirt road. So I walked down the dirt road, and it's just full of pine trees, and that's when the air just started smelling really good, and the cicadas are just doing their thing, just screaming out the way that they do in that rhythmic, high-pitched unmistakable sound that they make that I love. I just love the cicadas. And and it's weird because I'm so sensitive to noise so much of the time, but I really like the sound of the cicadas. I don't know. I guess it reminds me of my childhood. We had cicadas where I grew up and all the other time that I spent in the Mediterranean, cicadas are just, they're just always there. They're always present. And it's so just, I have that association. So I actually like the sound. Anyway, walking through the pine forest on the dirt road, I can see the Mediterranean through the pines because, you know, there's not much undergrowth. So I've got the sea to my left, dirt road under my feet, the pine trees all around, the smell of pine on the air, a little bit of dust smell on the air, which I also love. And then I saw that there was a break in one of the stone walls that led down to um, between the road and the water and the, and the forest in between. So there was a really on the edge of the forest, between the edge of the forest and the water, there was a wall and there was a trail to the opening in that wall. So I walked down, you know, my feet on, on, on a bed of pine needles. So the trail was pretty soft. It was soft because of the countless pine needles that made it, made it up. Passed through the wall, through the stone wall and came upon this really sort of sharp, sort of steep series of really rough rock, sort of sheets of rock, but, but rock with lots of nooks and crannies and um, really, really rough, like I said. White, so I don't know what kind of rock it is. I'm not good at identifying rock. And then the rock just goes straight into the sea. So there's no sand. Very, very rough shore, but very beautiful as well. And there was no one else there. And then to the right of, of this area, there was a cove. And there was sort of a little pebble beach in that cove. And it was just one of those picturesque, perfect postcard Mediterranean coves where you can, the water is crystal clear, different colors of blue and green. It's so clear that you can see to the bottom with pine trees on either side. And like I said, absolutely no one else around. And I was sort of, was sort of mind boggling. I don't know if it's going to be like this every day, but it was sort of mind boggling to have this whole cove and this whole section of coast to myself. And it was a little early. I don't remember exactly what time it was, but it was only like nine, maybe nine. So maybe 10 even. Wasn't that early. So I don't know if this is just, you know, if there are so many other, because you can access the water, it seems like anywhere here. 
and there are places in town. There's another beach on the other side of town that I saw when we were driving in. So there's so many places to access the water. Maybe this place just isn't used that much. I don't know. I'm going to find out. But it was it was just amazing and incredible to have, you know, to start off my trip with such just a serene, beautiful, serene moment in such a beautiful place. And I am looking forward to spending much, much more time there. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and check out MatthewFelix.com for information about my books, other podcasts, and much more.